Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in. It is the Sox on Tap postgame show. I am Johnny Nani. Alongside NWI Steve, we got him back on the microphone tonight. Uh, unfortunately, result not too great, Steve, but how you doing, man? Good to have you back here. Hey, yo, Johnny. Good to talk with you, man. Yeah, be uh, doing a lot better if uh, Sox would have had a more inspiring performance tonight. But alas, you know, such as baseball. Yep, uh, we, you said it right before we jumped on. Uh, they got got tonight. Uh, that just happened. Uh, sometimes, you know, the uh, offense just doesn't show up. Uh, they, you know, you tip your cap to Mike Miner as well. Uh, he had a solid performance on the mound for Kansas City. Second time he's been able to get the White Sox number here uh, so far in the early 2021 campaign. But uh, final score was uh, five to one uh, in favor of the Royals tonight. So the White Sox will be looking for a split tomorrow. Uh, we've got a bunch of thoughts, uh, takeaways, breakdowns, all of that stuff. But before we get into any of that, that, per usual, make sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at Ontap Sportsnet. And if you're looking for White Sox merchandise, Grandstand Socks is the place to go. You can go and shop online at GrandstandSocks.com and you can check out their social media at Grandstand Socks. All right. Steve, like I mentioned, five uh, one here tonight. Carlos Rodon on the bump for the White Sox. Uh, not typical of what we've seen so far uh this year we, we've been a little bit spoiled so far uh maybe a little coming back down to earth moment and uh just uh you know overall a little bit lack of control and the royals did have a good game plan against them uh, both in the box and on the bases combination of things here tonight rodan facing the royals for the second time in a week and as you mentioned here look he just simply did not have the control and command of, of his fastball tonight. It really looked like he was battling himself out there. Uh, just seemed like he, he never felt comfortable from the outset. Did get hurt in a couple of instances by some shoddy ball, ball and strike calls from Larry Van over behind the plate, but that ultimately wasn't, you know, the, the big reason for the outcome here tonight. Carlos just, you know, he simply didn't have his, his quality command and control tonight that we've seen throughout the course of the season here. That's going to happen over the course of a 30 to 32 starts for a pitcher. Um, and tonight was just one of those nights for Carlos. And like you said, look, Whit Merrifield and Carlos Santana in particular, those two guys had some really strong at bats against him uh, early on in this game to really set the tone in the two uh, scoring innings that the Royals had. And that was the difference in the ball game. Yeah, uh, you know, the tough one, you know, sometimes you get got and sometimes, you know, Carlos Rodon, it has been, I would say, uh, definitely surprised for most White Sox fans, just given uh, his past. And obviously, uh, there's plenty of factors that we've discussed previously after uh, quality Carlos Rodon starts where he's logging wins, uh, you know, game in and game out and the minuscule ERA. And even after tonight, you know, it's a, what balloon up to yeah, balloon up, I say, uh, 147 still uh, after tonight. So uh, still still pretty decent uh, for blows overall. But uh, yeah, tonight, like you'd mentioned, uh, some of just the particular 
instances with some good at bats and then them taking advantage of them. They went to school uh, on the base pass. Um, like I'd mentioned a little bit earlier in the kind of intro, uh, Tipper Captain Mike Miner as well. Um, this guy threw well tonight. Um, and this is the second time that we have seen him like this this year. Uh, what made him so effective against White Sox tonight? I think the biggest thing with him tonight was he was really featuring that changeup and he was using it and spawning it down and into right-handed hitters and Stone and Benetti were talking about this Stone in particular mentioning the fact that you don't usually see a lot of that from left-handed pitchers uh, using it in that particular location against right-handed hitters and Miner was able to spot it effectively here tonight was really able to get some nice downward movement with that pitch and was utilizing it to put guys away and get ahead and counts with it consistently so he had a real good fastball changeup mixer tonight that was just you know tough to to do anything with when he was spotting correctly and and you know look steve stone said you have a major league pitcher out there and if he's on his a game they're going to be tough to beat even if it's a guy that has been somewhat of a journeyman like a mike minor who has had some good seasons throughout the course of his career but you get a major league pitcher on they're going to be tough to beat yeah, most definitely. Let's get into the scoring here. It would start in the top of the first. Merrifield leads off at the Bing, uh, leadoff double off the wall out in left field. Santana walks, uh, and that's where I talked about some of the on-base stuff. They do a, execute a double steal um, while Perez is up at the plate. Uh, Rodon would get Perez to strike out, but then uh, Jorge Soler comes through with the RBI single. Um, luckily, Rodon able to get a couple of Ks to work out of that. So, um, you know, it could have been worse in this first inning, but still, uh, you don't like to get behind the eight ball here, Steve. Exactly. You you always want to be the team to kind of strike first and get that early lead. And Whit Merrifield jumping on that uh, first inning pitch here for that double and Carlos Santana just doing what he does, working long, arduous at bats. Um, and, and this is something that was really interesting here. And obviously must have been something in the advanced scouting report here is the Royals were running on Carlos Rodon anytime they had an opportunity here tonight, particularly when they had guys at second base. So they, they saw something I'm assuming in that last start in Kansas city, uh, last weekend here where he just simply wasn't checking the runners enough so it was kind of a one look charlie as we like to call him and they were taking that extra 90 feet and that proved to be pretty costly here uh throughout the course of the game here is obviously it's a lot different mindset when you're a pitcher and you're out there with a guy on third base versus if you have a guy on second you feel like you have to be a little more fine with your control and command and carlos unfortunately wasn't tonight yeah, uh, you know, like we talked about, sometimes uh, it uh, you just don't have it as well as you did uh, before, and it was you know outstanding to this point. Obviously, a no hitter uh, to boot w- within there, and then uh, you know other uh, solid performances, uh, low hit totals, and all of that. But uh, you pile up some walks in there. Uh, that's going to lead to some damage, uh, and then also uh, you know after I think familiarity is a big thing here too, because like you mentioned, it's time in a week starting against these Kansas City Royals, so uh, I think that plays a factor as well. Let's move on to the top of the third, where more damage would occur unfortunately uh merrifield leads off with a double again a little one down the line uh not a shot out to the gap like his first one but then santana once again works a walk and salvi gets one of his uh home runs out to right field a three-run shot and this is kind of uh, not you know not at this point in the game but it feels uh deflating extremely um you know you'd hope that the whites actually get some more uh, offense going after this we'll talk about some of their issues on that side of the plate here but uh, i would say this best word for me to describe this is deflating in this top of the third Without question, you fall behind 4-0, and you can kind of see early on that Mike Miner did have good stuff tonight, so you felt like four runs would be a pretty sizable total to have to overcome here. And you talked about tipping your cat to Mike Miner. you got to tip your hat to Salvi Perez. Unfortunately, as much as we dislike him for, for some of the bullshit that he does behind the plate trying to be the fun police, 
that pitch was up out of the strike zone. I still don't understand how he was able to barrel that pitch up. So that's an instance. Look, you got to tip your cap to the guy. He hit a pitch well out of the strike zone and he hit it out to the opposite field. There's really not a whole lot you can do about that. If we're being completely honest. And he's taken in not the only time in the series. Uh, he's taken advantage of the guaranteed right field dimensions uh, out there. You know, he's just getting bullpen shots uh, out to right field. Uh, obviously, the wind aided one on Friday in the first game. Uh, and then tonight, like you mentioned, uh, the the high pitch that he's just able to go and put the other way out in there. That would be 4-0 after the top of the third, though. And uh, White Sox would strike back with one. And this is a one storyline, one positive here. Uh, there are a couple more positives after this. But the big one, the, the big one that everybody was focused on is Jose Abreu's return turn um obviously he he was vying to stay in the game uh, after the collision and then play the second game he wanted to do that but obviously medical staff uh those uh decisions uh, were made that he was not going to play last night but uh tony larusso said he didn't know if he'd be in today uh if it'd, it would definitely be tomorrow then uh, it was today because you know you can't keep pedo out for long and he comes through with a solo shot uh, out to left in the bottom of the fourth here how good was it to see pedo back uh first of all for, from just a team morale standpoint and then uh production wise what it means to this lineup here Steve. It's obviously huge having Jose Abreu in, in that lineup. Look, we all know he is one of the central cogs of this team and really the big run producer in the middle part of that order. So losing him for even one game is a sizable loss for the, for this team and just the way that opposing pitchers have to then attack the lineup um, with him in there, it does change things for for the Sox quite a bit. So, you know, seeing him back in there, being back at full health, uh, you knew he was coming back in here and he was going to want to make an impact right away. And, you know, he certainly did that uh, with that home run here. And it was always nice to kind of see your pick to click come through in, in a circumstance like that. Yeah, you called it. And I think it was, you know, it's an emphatic one. Uh, obviously, Tony and I, we were when we made our picks, we were on the show last night, didn't know if Jose would officially be back in. We knew he would want to be. Didn't know if that would be the case, though, with the medical staff. Um, obviously, it was and worked out for you uh, with your pick to click there tonight. I wish my guy Vaughn uh, could have gotten going a little more. And he's close. Uh, we'll get to that, though, uh, as we run down the rest of this game here. Um, as we kind of move on. Uh, there was another, uh, you know, spot in the top of the fourth where there could have been some more damage. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, Lopez at the leadoff single. Merrifield flew out. And then Santana gets a little infield dribbler. Uh, guy is just a pain in the ass right now. Uh, and Lopez stole third. Uh, but Perez grounds in double play. So uh, good for Rodon to, uh, you know, limit some damage there. Uh, and then after that, um, there's no scoring until the ninth. When Carlos Santana would hit a solo shot uh, off of Jose Ruiz. But uh, let's talk about some of the bullpen guys in the middle here. Um, I was, you know, we talked about some positives, obviously, Jose Abreu. I was impressed with Evan Marshall, too. What would you like from him tonight? It was definitely encouraging to see Evan Marshall go out there and, and have a scoreless outing. This is something that has really been an up-and-down struggle for him uh, for much of the season here. And uh, as, you know, our guy Sal's mentioned, you know, Evan Marshall and Matt Foster, two guys that were really central parts of a very effective and dominant bullpen last season, have had some notable struggles here to the early part of, of the 2021 campaign. So hopefully this is the beginning of them getting right, getting back on track, and this bullpen starting to perform to the level that many of us thought that they would. 
Yeah, uh, most definitely. And it's good to see him in that curveball is working too. Uh, two uh, strikeouts to kind of end that uh, top of the seventh. Uh, those are some really nice ones to bury him there. Um, and now we get Matt Foster in the eighth here. Let's talk about the second guy uh, in this cog here. And this was a, uh, you know, kind of maybe questionable, uh, but he did get out of it w- with no damage ultimately um, because there was a scenario with, uh, you know, after the Royals had moved guy over to third um, and Dyson is trying to sack him or get him home uh, on a bunt and Foster does make the play. So, First of all, I think this has been an issue uh, for you know both this year, last season for the White Sox, uh, getting the ball to the plate accurately and in time. Uh, ball was all there in time, and obviously the slide uh, is a little evasive. Uh, but it, the call was out on the field when Collins it looked. You know, from the umpire's view, there I would probably call him out too if I'm being human about it there uh, at home plate. When you go and look at the replay, it's eh, you know like Benetti was kind of saying it. You know, the, the call in the field matters big time there uh, because uh, it looked like uh, uh, upon the replay in slow-mo that uh, might have been a safe call there. Um, but either way, Matt Foster able to work out of this. Uh, my, my one thing here is they'll inject a little meatball take here. Um, Benetti kind of doing some defense for the Royals, some standing for the Royals. Like that's a moment where I miss Homer Hawk and just be like, oh, yeah, let's move on. Like, you know, that's big for the White Sox. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree. And look at someone who obviously grew up uh, with the old Hawkeroo there. You you would never hear him campaigning or pining for a a call or defending something going against the White Sox opposition here. So you know, Benetti, let's clean that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to inject that here too because uh, not not too much positive here. Uh, White White Sox would uh, apply a little pressure in the bottom of the eighth. Anderson uh, looked like he could have been a little bit of spark. Um, he hit one really well, uh, close to going out, but it was uh, you know ended up being a double to left center uh, with two outs. Uh, Garcia works an unbelievable at bat for Lurie there. Um, you know, multiple you know tons of bad. I forget exactly what it was, but it had to be upwards of ten uh, ten plus. I, I, I if I remember correctly, uh, and he works the walk, and then uh, Mancata unfortunately. Uh, with a ground out and he slides into first base. Um, you know, that, that kind of kills that little rally there. And then uh, in the ninth, uh, Abreu leads off with a single hard hit ball that kind of squeaks through uh, infielder there on the right side. Uh, Mercedes grounds into a force and then uh, Vaughn would fly out uh, and then Collins uh, as well, all suit. So that, that would be the end of the game here. Um, just shooting blanks here yeah, at the end, Steve. That's the title of this episode. Yeah, if I could just go on a little bit of a rant here right now, kind of circling back to that eighth inning rally. Yeah, with go ahead. Co- co- couple of different things here. You know, you mentioned that that at-bat from Larry Garcia. Really, that was uh, one of the best at-bats we've really seen from him here in the 2021 season, following off a number of tough pitches, taking some some close pitches out of the strike zone. So that's, you know, the type of at-bat you really like to see out of Larry. He's obviously been much maligned by a lot of people here in the early going of this season, but you know, the last seven to 10 days or so, he really has swung the bat well and, and he's made some positive contributions offensively here. So uh looks like, you know, Larry is definitely starting to maybe turn a little bit of a corner here uh, for, for the team and make some positive contributions at the plate. And then we come to Yoan Mankata. So this was obviously a, a very pivotal spot in, in this game here because you got the tying run at the plate and you know, if nothing else, you're just hoping to just keep that inning alive so that you get Pito up to the plate for an opportunity to drive in some runs and do what he does. I'm going to say this, and I know that I'm going to sound like a broken record, and I know that, you know, some people are going to say, accuse me of being the old man yelling at clouds. Stop sliding into first base. Period paragraph you slide for one reason and one reason only in the game of baseball and that is to avoid a tag 
that's it, period, end of discussion. Run through the fucking bag. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, we've seen injuries in the past. Think about Larry Garcia, a guy we were just talking about, injuries uh, last season sliding into the bag, and I think he's had some other ones that weren't as serious as that one last year, but you just see that. With all the injuries the White Sox have right now, you don't want to risk it to another one of your top players um, in Yohan Moncada. So I agree wholeheartedly with you there, uh, and the, the concept of it, like, yeah, you're sliding to avoid a tag, um, and that's, you know, <laughs> first base, how often you do in that? Very, very, very infrequently, especially uh, not on that play there. So um, in the ninth, uh, just trying to comment on Yerman, you know, overall, damn solid at bats. We know the production the year, from the Yermanator so far, but man, uh, those inside pitches that uh, he's, you know, uh, almost hitting them and he's swinging at, uh, obviously broken bat on the ground out to the force at second. Um, it just sucks when it happens in a situation like this, when you really need it. Look, your, your main Mercedes is going through something that is very typical for players that lack a lot of major league experience and even for, for veterans. He, he simply is being pitched to pretty aggressively right now, and it seems as though teams are trying to attack him inside off the plate right now. And because he, he is a guy that does like to swing the bat, and he has been able to fist off some of those tough pitches and, and get some base hits on it, teams are going to just continue to keep going in there off the plate. And they're going to keep trying to push it just a little bit more with each passing sequence here until he eventually starts taking those pitches and starts either taking walks or continuing the at bats. So look, you know, there's obviously not a lot to complain about when it comes to your main Mercedes here through the 2021 season. He has been a tremendous surprise and a much needed surprise for a team that has had some very notable injuries here. He's going through his first little test of adversity here at the major league level. He's going to have to adjust now. This guy has shown that he is a pretty smart, pretty cerebral hitter. Shows that he has a, a very good concept of what he's trying to do at the plate. And he's just going to have to kind of figure it out right now and just kind of weather the storm. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I think we all knew that the torrid pace he started the season with would not be sustainable. But um, like you said, making those tactical adjustments and how pitchers are trying to adjust to him. He needs to make those counter adjustments. Uh, and so we can see some more uh, urination and some you know, bombs uh, out to almost the concourse there uh, in left field. So um, I, I don't have too, too much else from this one. I think we touched on most everything with the starting pitching uh, scoring, how it went down in the bullpen. If you got final thoughts, uh, go ahead and share those. And then we can get into the series finale preview here. Just chalk it up and uh, get this game tomorrow. Get out of here with the split. You know, the Royals are proving to, or this weekend here to be a, a pretty pesky team. And this is what I thought coming into the season. They were good enough to be a 77-78 win team and be really annoying and just be pests out there. And this is kind of what they have shown this weekend. Yeah, uh, most definitely. And, you know, they went on an 11 game slide, too. So you talk about just baseball in general and it being a long season. Um, you know, you, you can't expect to bury these guys every single night. And obviously, uh, a White Sox offense is the kind of main culprit here. And then obviously, Carlos Rodon uh, not having his typical stuff, what we've been accustomed to so far uh, this season. But hey, it, it's baseball. It happens. Sometimes the other team uh, just gets you on a certain night. But like you said, still a chance to go and split the series here uh, in the finale. And I hope that the response is there. Let's get into uh, what the series finale will entail. It's a 1 10 p.m. Central Time start uh, Sunday, May 16th, a uh, game on NBC Sports Chicago here. Uh, Brady Singer going for the Royals. Dylan Cease, let's drop some hammers here on a Sunday afternoon. Steve, uh, what are you expecting from this matchup between these two guys? I think you're going to see a lot of high-octane fastballs. Brady Singer is a guy that 
you know, has a, a mentality kind of similar to that of a Lance Lynn and, and some of the other guys that I know you and I really have an admiration for. He's a guy that's going to go after hitters aggressively, particularly with the fastball. And he, he's got some, I would say some average secondary stuff right now, a little bit inconsistent with the command of his, of his slider in there, but he's going to be a guy, he's going to be pumping a lot of fastballs at the Sox hitters. So I think just go out there, have that approach and know that that's what he's going to try to attack them with early and often. And from Dylan Cease, look, same thing from, from him. Go out there, establish that fastball command, um, similar to what he did against the Detroit Tigers and the Cincinnati Reds. You know, kind of got away from him a little bit that last start in Minnesota. Go out there, get ahead of guys 01, 02, and drop some hammers on them. Let's, uh, let's go out there, have a good outing, and let's get the split tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I will be out at the game. So if anyone's uh, going out uh, to the game here on Sunday afternoon, uh, I'll be at Cork and Carries uh, probably starting around uh, a little after 11 a.m. So uh, if you're in there, uh, come through, uh, see me, uh, be there uh, with my dad and uh, some uh, Tony, uh, our panelist here, uh, Tony on tap, uh, will possibly be rolling through uh, with some of his family members as well. So uh, if you're in the area going out before the game, uh, definitely come and join us here. Uh, I'm looking forward to some hammers tomorrow, Steve. Uh, We've kind of had that uh, sort of as the it's socks on tap rule number 84. Drop the hammer. So, you know, let's see it. I can't wait to see it in person. Uh, and uh, the first time I'll be seeing him from the 100 level. So I'll get a little better view of it. I've been up in the 500 to start. Uh, finally back uh, kind of closer to my normal seats down uh, third baseline in the 100 level uh, for these games. So uh, de- definitely come meet up with the socks on tap, guys, uh, if you are going out to the game uh, this fine Sunday. So um, like we mentioned, a uh, chance to split the series. Uh, and, you know, I don't think, you know, obviously uh, we wanted to win it. We want to win every series. Uh, that's just we're, we're homers here, as our guy Buzz likes to say. Uh, but it's baseball. It's a long season. Uh, White Sox went on a very nice stretch uh, before this and sweeping two consecutive series. So um, if we split this, I will not be entirely entirely uh, irate <laughs> over this. Listen, get this win tomorrow. That's a five and two homestand. That's kind of what you want when, when yeah. you have a seven game homestand right there. So you can, you know, quibble a little bit about splitting a series against the Royals team that had lost 11 in a row coming into the weekend. But like, like you talked about earlier, Johnny here, you just look at probability when a team's coming in off of an 11 game losing streak, the probability is at some point here, that streak is not going to continue. Now, obviously, you don't want to split the four games with them, but again, that's baseball. It's going to happen sometimes. And and the Royals, look, they they played a very solid baseball game, very solid fundamental game tonight. Mike Miner threw the ball while they had some real strong at bats out there. Salvi Perez hits a home run. It happens, you know. So go out there tomorrow, get a win, get a five and two home stand. Let's go up to Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm totally on board with that. My uh, last kind of uh, note for today before we get, or excuse me, for uh, Sunday's game, before we get a pick to click uh, selections here uh, would be uh, be a little more opportunistic. And I know it's easier said than done, uh, but you know, you had some chances uh, down the home stretch here in the bottom of the eighth and the bottom of the ninth. So if we get in those scenarios, first of all, I'd like to just, you know, score the runs early and not have to worry about that in a rally scenario. But if you get in there, um, like you'd said, maybe you on Mancata being a little more patient or whatnot and just getting it over to Pito and situation like that um set ourselves up for the best uh, chance for success here uh on sunday afternoon so um let's get picks to click though because we, we've been uh, kind of uh here and there uh, about those here me and tony missed him one game so i don't want to miss him here uh, who is your pick to click for the series finale all right so assuming he's in the lineup and i'm hoping that he's in the lineup tomorrow because his absence has been very notable here three out of the last four games i'm going to take yasmani grandal 
Yes, I'm wearing the shirt. Got it. Got it in today. So yeah, I, I like that pick there. Um, let's see for me uh, as we're going against Brady Singer here uh, on Sunday afternoon. I will go with Tim Anderson. Uh, he is batting a, a nice uh, 667 uh, against uh, Mr. Brad, excuse me, uh, Brady Singer here. So uh, I'll go with Tim Anderson. I feel like I've been picking him a little frequently here, but uh, like you said, one of your favorite terms. He's the straw that stirs the drink. So if they're going to get it going here, uh, I'd like to see that uh, from the very top uh, with Tim Anderson. So uh, that's about all I've got uh, for this one, Steve. Uh, any final final thoughts, and then we can get out of here. I think we covered everything. That's what tomorrow. Yep, uh, let's get the split. Uh, just take care of the one ahead of you, and then we are on to Minnesota uh, for the middle of the week up there in Mini. So, uh, once again, thank you for tuning into the Socks on Tap podcast. Uh, everyone in the live stream here will be up on podcast platforms wherever you listen uh, as soon uh, as I'm able to get this all clipped and edited and uploaded. Um, make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com uh, for all of our written content over there uh, on the White Sox and all things Chicago sports there, and you can follow us on social media at Socks on Tap and at on Tap Sportsnet. When you're looking for White Sox merchandise, Grandstand Socks is the place to go. Visit them online to shop there at GrandstandSocks.com, and you can follow them on social media as well at Grandstand Socks. Steve, that does it for this episode. Uh, tough one tonight, shooting some blanks. Uh, let's go out a little more energy tomorrow and kickstart this thing into a solid week uh, What will entail another division rival in the Twins. So that's all I've got. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.